Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Delaware Spotlight, the weekly show where we talk about things going on in the state of Delaware. I'm your host, Earl Holland, and this week my guest is Julianne Cross, the founder of the Delaware Burger Battle and the Delaware Food Battle. How are you today, Julianne? Always hungry. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show today. I thought it was a very interesting event, the Delaware Burger Battle. I had heard about it when I first moved up here about four years ago, and I think it's a very interesting concept. I haven't been yet, but I'm looking forward to at least getting a better idea about it. Oh, well, it's really a fun event. Uh, this is our eighth year, and we've had generally somewhere between 13 and 17 restaurants, and they serve samples to every guest. So you leave there very, very full and you get to vote for which burgers you like the best. How did the burger battle get started? So uh, it was originally the Wilmington burger battle and I had a partner at the time. Um, We held that out at Twin Lakes for a couple years and then we started getting entries from more than Newcastle County. And eventually it became the Delaware burger battle and we moved it to Caulfield House. But Caulfield House is not available this year, so we have moved into the city, Rockford Park. It's going to be a good time. It's a beautiful property, lots of shade. It'll be a relaxing day on a Saturday in late summer. When you started with the initial burger competitors in Newcastle County, what was that like? Was there an interest in people just coming in and say, hey, we want to say our burger is better than so-and-so's down the road? Well, what really happened was... I had watched an episode of Rachel Ray Show, and they do the Burger Bash in, I think, Miami. I assume that's still happening. And I thought, well, we don't have any food competitions in our area that I know of. And so I approached my partner, and we put this event together, and it was pretty darn successful right off the bat. And it's grown quite a bit attendance-wise and been consistent really every year. We've had about the same number of attendees for the last five years interest from those restaurants, how easy was it to get them to jump in and say, yeah, sure, we'll be a part of it? It really wasn't hard at all. We were up to like between a dozen and 15 right from the first year, and we've reached that number every year. I mean, you have to think about there's hundreds of restaurants in Delaware, and chefs really like to compete for trophies. So we have some competitors who've done it all eight years. At least one of the competitors has two trophies, and another one has three trophies. So once they get that trophy on their mantle, they really want to come back and defend And then new restaurants that come along, they want to get competitive and get that piece of metal on their shelf. How do you feel word of mouth may have helped it spread downstate? Well, I think we recruited a little more actively in the early years downstate. It is a tough time of year for particularly Sussex County restaurants to come up because it's the busy season. But when we added the Food Bank of Delaware as one of the beneficiaries, one restaurant from the beach area, which is Lefty's Alleys and Eats which is a bowling alley with a really nice restaurant, they jumped in. They really like to compete, and they haul it all the way up from Sussex County for a number of the different Delaware food battles. Is there a particularly unique restaurant, one place you wouldn't expect that has participated in the event? I always think, especially a lot of the coastal towns in Sussex do it, but is there like something where in maybe 
western part of Sussex or somewhere in Kent that you wouldn't expect that would be a part of it that has been a pretty good competitor in the past few years? Well, for me, anything that is a national chain is kind of a coup if you can get them to sign up because they have to go through different levels of approvals. Um, So we've had Firebirds in the past and Grub Burger Bar. I think to me, it's still the folks that will travel in the middle of their busy season. You know, that's a pretty big deal. Oh, we do have one national chain called Ted's Montana Grill, and uh, that's Ted Turner related, and their specialty is bison. They really want to get the word out about bison. It's a delicious product, and it's got some health benefits uh, that I don't think I'm going to talk about because I'm not a doctor, but they're really enthusiastic, and we like them to come out. Nordstrom Grill came out a couple years ago, first year, and won a trophy. Their chef left at that point, and we haven't had them back, but Stuff like that where you have to get corporate approval is a big deal, but I work with independently owned restaurants quite a bit, and they're the ones, they know each other. Like The restaurant industry is a family, and there's a little bit of smack talk that happens, and they're visiting each other's restaurants and looking at the trophies, and and that really drives a lot of the desire to, to keep on competing. You mentioned getting the Food Bank of Delaware being involved in the event. How did that work? And then really, what was the biggest thing that interested them in being part of the event? Well, so one way to do events in Delaware, if you want to serve alcohol, is you partner with a nonprofit organization to get a gathering license. And so it made sense from the very beginning to be a charitable event. Obviously, for them, it's not even a turnkey event. We do the whole event. And other than asking the nonprofit to help us promote and help us maybe get some volunteers, we basically hand them a check. So they like that a lot. There are some folks that want to put on fundraisers and fundraising events, and the charity has to be heavily, heavily involved. And sometimes that they're already stretched really thin. So the reason that we picked them, and we have another beneficiary, which is ProStart Delaware, both organizations are Delaware Charities. We all know that the food bank provides nutritious meals to people with uh, food insecurity, but both Food Bank of Delaware and ProStart create opportunities for people to go into the culinary industry. So ProStart is a program that's in 18 Delaware schools. It's a curriculum, and you can graduate high school ready to work in a kitchen or ready to go on to further your culinary education. What a lot of people don't know is Food Bank also trains people to be cooks. I want to say it's a 12-week program, and they graduate like a dozen students uh, every quarter, and those folks go right to work in the kitchens. They have their serve-safe qualification. They have knife skills and safety and all kinds of things. So since the restaurants are the people who are making this fundraiser successful, I thought having charities that fed some benefit back into the industry while at the same time doing good things for your average person was a really good choice. I guess one of the things, going back to the event as well, just sort of talking about the establishments that are entering in the competition, how has it grown over time? It's really interesting because there is growth that you want and then there's growth that you don't want. So I want to say we had about 400 people our first year and we still had maybe a dozen to 15 restaurants. We hit the 800-ish mark about five years ago and we haven't really gone beyond that. But if you think about it, And actually, we've still stuck around that 12 to 15 restaurants. If you think about it, if you have more than 800 people on site, there's more chaos. The event has become more and more successful every year with the same number of people. We've had given bigger donations to the charities. The other part is, if you get beyond about 15 hamburger samples, you're done. 
I see some of these events in Philly where they have 100 vendors or 50 vendors. You can't even begin to try them all. People at these events try every sample. Now, there's a system because if you think about 15 burger samples is almost four hamburgers and there's like bacon and cheese and all the stuff on them. People have developed a system like you get a buddy and you share the samples. So success and growth is an interesting concept when you're doing a food event. You want all the food to be super safe. You want the guest experience to be excellent. And we're serving the right number of people. The restaurants can turn out the food in a very uh, effective way and everybody gets a warm sample. So it's growing by any kind of exponential amount could hurt the event. And a little bit of tiny growth and a bigger and bigger charitable check each year is growth that's fine by me. I know going into the burgers itself, I know everybody will have a preconceived notion. You're going to think the burger is just beef. There, I assume there are numerous takes on what are done uh, with burgers. Well, there's two parts to that. First of all, we offer an alternative burger category. And in the past, that has had chicken and turkey burgers, as well as variations on vegetarian burgers. But among what we call the meat category, we've had everything from just straight up Angus beef to I feel like someone did like Kobe beef, but some people blend bacon fat into their burgers. There's all kinds of things that you can add just to the meat. And then once you get done, there will be every kind of cheese you can think of. There's plain bacon, there's maple lacquered bacon, and every kind of bun you can think of. One year, a restaurant did a corn muffin bun to make it gluten-free which was really appealing to some people who come and do bunless burgers at the Burger Battle. I was going to ask about the most unique one. Uh, What is the most decadent one you've ever seen? Well, one year, Two Fat Guys, who is participating this year, did this interesting pizza burger kind of thing, and the bun was made of smashed mozzarella sticks. And I didn't even get to try it because they ran out of that quickly. One of the challenges of the event is you have to prepare the right amount of samples. If it's too much, you end up with waste. If it's too few, maybe not everybody gets a sample. So the restaurants also play this game with the donated product that they want to have the right amount and they want to serve it in the right speed and the right way to get those votes. I know we were also talking about, again, the different styles and things like that. I know I'm mainly beef when it comes to burgers, maybe occasional lamb or something along those lines. Trying the different varieties of burgers, what is your favorite non-traditional burger? You know, I like a really good turkey burger. There's a certain restaurant, I won't name them, and I've been asking them every year because I think their turkey burger is amazing. I like to make a turkey burger at home. You can put stuffing in your burger and do that kind of thing. I'm not eating bread right now, so I'm kind of lame. But I also like mid-rare. And generally with a big event like this, they're going to serve it all medium to medium well because that's going to be a little more palatable for the majority of people. And you're certain that it's fully cooked and uh, people will be happy with it. I know that in addition to the Burger Festival, you also do a grilled cheese competition. What led to the decision to do a grilled cheese competition? Well, after six years of success with the Burger Battle, I had been wanting for some time to expand. Um, I established that year the Delaware Food Battles as a website and things like that. And I tried to think about what is an inexpensive thing for these chefs to contribute to a competition. And everybody loves a grilled cheese. So it was kind of an easy sell. The chefs got super excited about it. People got super excited about it. And there are, listen, Burger Battle is an August event. I did this in May. 
I would say half the crowd is different people. Burger Battle is a lot of people that come back year after year, and I tapped a whole new group of people with grilled cheese, plus vegetarian friendly. We do have a couple of vegetarian or vegan burgers at the Burger Battle, but no vegan wants to come out there and smell all that meat cooking all day. Versus the grilled cheese battle, I was able to open it up to more people. Yeah, I always think with grilled cheese, it's more of a winter thing where you'd eat it with a bowl of uh, tomato soup, even though I'm not a fan of tomato soup. But I always feel like, especially a grilled cheese during the winter, is like the perfect fit. Exactly. And you've tapped into something that's a desire of mine. I really want to do a proper winter event. Uh, snow and things like that sometimes scare people from doing events, but I am, to use a pun, I'm cooking something up. <laughs> In addition to, of course, the burger battle and the grilled cheese battles, and you were just talking about setting up other things, trying to really encompass all those events, how much of an undertaking is that? Well, this is another fun part of it. Delaware Burger Battle for the last, I want to say six years, has been 100% volunteer run, and that includes me. It is, for me, a labor of love. It's my PR move for my business, and It's a lot in the summer, especially when you have day jobs or other things that draw your attention. I'm not really taking two weeks to go to Europe in the summer, if you know what I mean. I'm in the middle of, I work for Delaware Shakespeare, we're in the middle of our run, and I'm going home at night and doing paperwork and marketing and things like that. So it's a big undertaking, uh, but it's really worth it because I like to do things that make the place I live more fun. I also work for restaurants, so I like giving them opportunities to market themselves in a different way. And look, I like food. I know I'm working a little backwards here, but what would be the best way to describe this event for someone who's never been? Well, the big word that always comes to mind is meat sweats. Some people sort of condition themselves. They maybe don't eat all day or they eat salads all week. Some people don't prepare at all. You come in at noon is when it starts. This is August 24th. Have a plan. Have a buddy. You start tasting burgers. Maybe split one with your buddy. It's an all-inclusive event, so you can stop by the beer tent or the wine tent. Uh, We have vodka and mead, so you can pick up your beverage, kind of keep that with you. And then most people really get done with all the sampling within the first two hours. And then there's an hour and a half left of the event. So some people take it a little bit slower. They eat their samples more slowly. And then a little bit after three, we're collecting the votes that people have placed for the burgers that they like. And as we start to approach the 3.30 time, we're announcing the winner. And then sometimes people run back and get a quick sample from the winner. And then we sort of wind down the event. It's in a public park, so there's no doors to shut and kick you out. The cleanup is somewhat leisurely. And uh, it's just a really relaxing day under the shade. Lots of fun people. There's music. We have a DJ. And you can bring a picnic blanket if you want, but we have seating and, and lots and lots of shade coverage. Getting an opinion, I guess, especially from a good 800 some odd people on what their favorite burger is. What do you feel or from what you've heard really sets a burger apart from maybe the rest of the competition? Man, I swear bacon probably wins every year. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
I, I would have to look at that statistically, but people really love their bacon. The way that the burger is cooked does make a difference. And we also have judges. So people place their votes, but judges also um, place votes for one trophy. So a critic's choice trophy and a people's choice trophy. Really the way the burger is cooked, the consistency of the meat, the seasoning of the meat, sometimes People can overcomplicate their burgers, but sometimes overcomplicated gets them points. So the judges also judge it on appearance. So we bring the judges a whole burger and then cut it in front of them. For the people who are voting, the appearance is maybe a little bit less of a factor, but the the charm of the front of house people at each tent, that'll get you some votes. You know, you can romance people into loving your burger. And if you are a restaurant and you get your fans to come out, that also helps. I know how some places have an official food. If Delaware had an official burger, what would it be? I think a thin slice of very crispy scrapple and probably some bacon and some soft, maybe Amish-style cheese. I think those things would go together. I know it's not Delaware, but you want maybe a nice heirloom or Jersey tomato and some crunchy lettuce. And I feel like Delaware is a brioche bun town. I like a pretzel bun, but brioche seems to go over very well here. I know you mentioned earlier about seeing a lot of complex, complicated burgers, but what would you say has been the most complicated one that you've seen? So in 2017, Mayali Deli and Saloon Maria, who you may have seen on Diners, Dives, and Drive-Ins recently, they one year made a Mexicano burger and it was ground beef stuffed with fire roasted poblano peppers, cilantro, chili powder, and it was topped with chihuahua cheese and chipotle salsa. Now that doesn't sound like it is very complicated, but I'm a professional burger eater and I don't often get to try all the samples because I'm really busy and adrenaline is high. So this one year I happened to chill out enough to be able to go around and try all the burgers. And this one stopped me in my tracks. The voting was already happening, so the sign was gone, so I had to ask him what was in it. So it was very memorable because I had to stop, ask about it. To me, it was a winner, and darn if they didn't win People's Choice that year. Now, you wouldn't think you have to Mexican up a burger, but we love our Mexican food, and we love a burger, so it worked really well. As you talk about the planning, when does the planning begin for the event, and really how much work goes into it in addition to having volunteer help? You know, it takes 65 to 75 volunteers to make this event work. I have a committee that's a little bit under 10 people that each has a bit of a role. Now, if I were a smart woman, I'd start in January. But other than having the date and location, I give it a few more months than that. In some years, I've started really working on it in March. When I added the grilled cheese battle, it sort of pushed back my burger preparations into late May. Every year, I say I'm going to start earlier. I know you mentioned the judges. Is there a particular criteria that the judges go by when it comes to evaluating what the burgers would be? There is. There's a numeric scale. First of all, it's important to note that our judges, they do a blind tasting, so they don't know whose burger they're trying when they try it. We try it every year to get as many fresh, brand new judges so that we know that we're always getting a good sampling of the population. And sometimes the same burger wins year after year. But they do a one to five point scale on appearance meat quality, overall taste, and creativity. And I know going to the website deburgerbattle.com and looking down, especially looking at uh, the sponsors, and I see you have them in different tiers, Flame Broiled Sponsor, 
Toasty Bun sponsors, and of course, additional sponsors who participate as well. What led to the idea to come up with those different tiers? I love a pun. I think you saw my email address is ketchup at deburgerbattle.com. I just, when you do these fundraising events, these sponsors see like platinum, gold, silver all the time. So it's just nice to give them a little something to giggle about. Just looking at the list of competitors so far, Two Fat Guys, Brandywine, Prime, Chelsea Tavern, Ernest and Scott Taproom Grain, uh, Homegrown Cafe, and seeing that there are so many people who have been involved, what does that say about the variety that you get to see? Because you would think, well, it might be a little tough to uh, put something together that somebody hasn't already done. You know, we don't actually share the burger descriptions by email with anyone unless it's the winner. So honestly, unless a chef is running around looking at the signage on each of their competitors, they don't necessarily know what their competitors served last year. They do know who the winners are. I mean, everyone knows that Red Fire Grill does a maple lacquered bacon, but as you know, the trophies don't always go to the same three people. So I think some of the chefs, they go creative. They look for ingredients that are interesting. Let me go back to grilled cheese. The winner this year was Drip Cafe, and they did um, truffle something with foie gras something, and they went for it. But some restaurants think about it as a marketing opportunity, and they put the burger that they feel strongly about that's on their menu. So chefs each have different ways to decide how they want to compete. Sometimes they'll put out two burgers. I try to make sure they understand they could be cannibalizing their own votes by having two voting boxes there, but some of them feel strongly enough about their creativity um, and their ability to execute that they really want to do it. And it's a good marketing opportunity because when you try a delicious burger, even if it didn't win, you want to go back to that restaurant and try it again. I know you were talking about maybe potential ideas for other competitions that you may do down the road. What are some that you have thought of that, while they haven't really come to conception yet, that are some of the things that maybe you've thrown around? Gosh, I don't want to give away secrets because some could still be cooking. Um, I really have considered in the winter, and I don't think I'm going to do this yet, but a potato battle. Because think about winter, all you want is comfort food. Um, pasta is on my mind, but I, I've got some other ones cooking. Some have more complicated setups than others, and grilled cheese was easy because the equipment you need for it is easy. There, there are some that require rental of very interesting equipment or some some challenging setups. Yeah, for some reason, I don't know why, but pizza pops into my head, a pizza competition. I don't know. I just think of this time I went to Lancaster at this one hotel. They served one that had duck fat and, and honey, and it's a really interesting one. And I, I didn't expect I would really like it because I can't say I'm not a fan of duck. It's just something I really haven't tried a lot of, and it was a very intriguing one. And then, of course, I always think, especially how the end of the wing bowl, doing something similar like a wing contest or something, best wings or something like that. But those are just things I'm just thinking because, of course, without all the ridiculous frivolity and decadence that you would see at Wing Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday in Philadelphia. But I always thought it's weird some of the ideas that probably can come up for creative battles. Get out of my head, first <laughs> of all. Um, all you've You've nailed some of the things that definitely require special equipment. There's a big pizza event in Philly, I think it's soon, called Pizzadelphia. And that's probably a much bigger event. And it's probably with food trucks that already have pizza ovens. Um, So those are the kinds of equipment that... And Wing Bowl isn't even a wing cooking competition, but I'm a Wing Bowl fan and I super miss the Wing Bowl. Um, Those are both things that I love and I would love to see happen if I can make the equipment happen. There is a wing competition in Sussex County that's pretty neat. 
for some reason, chili competitions came to mind. Just being down from the Eastern Shore of Maryland, I know that there is a lot of chili competitions that they have. I think it's like Pocomoke City. I mean, I think maybe Seaford's done some too, but I just think of chili as always a competition, but I feel like maybe that's something that's overdone because that's always easy thing for people to do, especially when you think about it, the wintertime. Nothing better in addition to soup and grilled cheese during the wintertime like chili. God, I would love a soup battle. I'm a soup maniac. And and yes, there is a chili competition that I know about um, in Newcastle County. It's a little bit smaller, and I wouldn't want to step on their toes. Just like the taco festival is a week before the burger battle, and I couldn't do a taco battle unless it was in January. I really wouldn't want to step on somebody else's ideas or their charitable beneficiaries. But listen, all the things. I love all the food. If an opportunity comes up, I'll do any kind of food competition. It's fun. When you say you're most times you're going through, you got the adrenaline going and, and you don't really get that opportunity to sample a lot of the foods. I mean, do you try to get some at the tail end when everything's done and whenever everybody's sort of wrapping up? I know you say it's a more of a leisurely uh, cleaning out process. I really do. Some, you know, like I said, the adrenaline kind of tightens your stomach up a little bit. Um, when things are going really well, I, I get to try more things. It's not that things ever go badly, but the running around and, you know, I could make Maybe do this with my eyes closed at this point, but I like to make sure the guest experience is top notch and I like to make sure the chefs are happy. So I walk around in circles just talking to people the whole time. What people tend to do is bring me food, which is kind of lovely. They kind of shove burgers in my face and bring me beer and things like that. So it's something every year I'm like, I'm going to try more. I'm going to eat more. And then sometimes they do get cold while I'm running around and uh, and I never make it there. <laughs> Actually, you know what, for all the stuff we've been talking about, we didn't say really how much tickets are for people and if they're like tiers for people who may not want to sample burgers, but who just want to enjoy the festivities and the atmosphere. Well, the ticket price is $50 right now. It's mm-hmm. 60 at the door. We strongly encourage pre-sales because we have to make sure there are enough toilets and things like that to make the guest experience good. You know, we want to make sure the restaurants know a good number of people are coming so that they have enough samples. Uh, there isn't a... Uh, spectator only price, but there is a designated driver price, which is also the teenager price. And when you think of an event like that, I, you'd always think like with the designated drivers, it, it doesn't think, especially you think of the, the beer, the mead, the, all the other uh, adult refreshments that you need, but somebody's got to drive home. <laughs> yeah. So the designated driver price is $32, which is what we also charge for teenagers, which we call 13 and up. And there's a child's price. Kids 5 to 12 is $12. What really brought up the designated driver ticket was, I want to say the second or third year, somebody said, well, I'm pregnant and I'm not drinking. I was like, that's fair. And we we don't get a ton of kids. It's not a big like kitty carnival, um, but we do want it to be friendly enough that somebody doesn't turn it away because they need to bring their kids with them. And the kids have a good time. There's a lot of little foodies out there. And teenagers, listen, they can't drink, but they're going to eat their weight in burgers. So the price is uh, pretty reasonable. Yeah, I know with teenagers, definitely they love to eat and sometimes they may just even eat you out of house and home. I know you mentioned young foodies and things like that. When do you feel someone's palate is developed when tasting and trying new foods? It really depends on what your parents do with you. I think that once you get into school, that probably helps a little bit because you're exposed to food that you may not have had at home. There is some science to the fact that you are born with a lot more taste buds and they die off as you get older. So I think that increases your tolerance for things that other people find hard to eat. Uh, you know, stinky cheeses and coffee and beer and things like that. Um, I think still some young teenagers um, 
if they're still if they're not being exposed to things and they're still getting craft mac and cheese and chicken nuggets, maybe they're not going to be so developed. But if your parents take you to restaurants all the time, um, or you know if you go everywhere with your parents, or if you've traveled a little bit, you've probably got a palate that is going to accept a lot of burgers. And of course, I have a teenage boy. There is a point where they will consume anything that is put in front of them. I don't know about girls. I don't have one, but I, they're like, my son's like a human garbage can. It's great. Yeah, like I say, sometimes there's never anything in the freezer or the refrigerator when you have a teenage kid or sometimes two teenage kids because they can basically eat you out of house and home. You're not wrong. Also, if people want to get involved and maybe the ticket price is too high or they kind of want to check it out, there are still volunteer opportunities out there and you can find our links for that on social media. With an event like the Delaware Burger Battle, what do you do with the social media aspect of it? I can imagine that you guys have a lot of stuff going on either on Facebook, on Twitter, possibly Instagram and things like that. What is the thing that you guys do with social media? Well, I have a great volunteer on my staff. Her name's Gabby Indolini, and she just launched launched her own business called Ink Delini, and she is hilarious on social media. I give her free reign to pull whatever she wants, and she finds memes and things that just slay me. And also, everybody on the team does their own bit to promote the event. Uh, Chris Bruce from King Creative uh, is our MC every year, and he's done some videos for us. And he has this big hamburger prop that was the greatest photo opportunity I've ever seen. So he's just a hoot. And um, Matt Sullivan has been uh, my right hand since almost the beginning. Um, and he is just a personal prom- proponent of the event. And Tommy Abel is um, somebody who's been on my team since the very beginning. Um, so I have all these people that are close to me who are uh, really pushing it. I have a couple of really good friends, um, Crystal and Kirsten, who are now my street team, and they take my flyers all over the county. So it's really people-oriented. Um, people love the event. My friend uh, Gary, he doesn't have anything particularly to do with the event, but he volunteers every year and shares every post that we have. So um, it's really a love of the event and just people being good to each other and that gets the word out. Julie Ann Cross, founder of Delaware Food Battles and of the 8th Annual Delaware Burger Battle, set for August 24th at Rockford Park. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be on Delaware Spotlight, and hopefully I get a chance to be out there on the 24th. Great. We'll see you on August 24th. I'd like to thank my guest, Julie Ann Cross, founder of Delaware Food Battles and of the Delaware Burger Battle. Until next time, this is Earl Holland saying thanks for listening to Delaware Spotlight. Have a great week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.